Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Dylan from LaughSpin.com and welcome to yet another episode of the LaughSpin podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate you doing so. If you haven't subscribed to the LaughSpin podcast, please do so. Go on iTunes or go to SoundCloud and subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes if it so moves you. This episode of the LaughSpin podcast is a special one. This is a panel discussion we recorded at Gilda's Laugh Fest in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I've been going to Laugh Fest for the five years it has existed. It has gotten better and better. It is in, in a, it's an amazing festival with great names. This year, I got to see Jim Jeffries, Bo Burnham, Patton Oswalt, Brian Posehn. The lineups are, are just spectacular. They do a great job of kind of getting, you know, the mid, mid-level comedians, rising comedians, up-and-coming comedians, and like huge names like Wanda Sykes and George Lopez. They were there uh, as well. This is a discussion we had. The comedians we had on this panel were Joe DeRosa, Sean Donnelly, and Sarah Schaefer. And in addition to that, we had writer Julie Seabaugh. So the theme, the topic of this uh, discussion was social media and technology and how it affects comedy. We get into it, and let's get into it now. Here you go. Hey, guys. Thank you, Stu McAllister, ladies and gentlemen. The heart and soul of Grand Rapids comedy, (laughs) Stu McAllister. (laughs) Stu, not only is Stu McAllister the heart and soul of Grand Rapids comedy, he is a, a longtime reader of my comedy editorial work. I was emailing Stu like in like 2005 and such, so uh, I feel a kinship here. Uh, thanks for coming out, guys. It's a, it's a nice, intimate crowd, which is good. You guys could have chosen to do other things. You could have been drinking and vomiting in the streets. There's already, uh, there's already loudness. Grand Rapids really enjoys uh, the St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so this panel, uh, there's going to be three panels. So if you want to stick around for three hours, you can do it. You can, you can absolutely do it. Uh, I'll be here. Some of the same people will be here. This panel is called Comedy Cameras and Social Media. What we're going to do is sort of talk about uh, the positive and negative effects social media and technology has on the world of comedy. And uh, to help me do that, I'm not going to do it alone because what do I know? Uh, we, we have amassed this amazing panel. So... Right here is Julie Seabaugh. She is a very well-respected comedy scribe. She's, no, come on. Let's, she writes for Rolling Stone, Village Voice, Variety. Uh, if you're a comedian and you have been written about by Julie, you're, you're, you're in good shape. So, Julie. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Dylan. I like the fact that you're, you're saying you, uh, what do you know about social media? I feel the same way. I'm hoping to learn a lot here today. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Julia, we have uh, comedian Sean Donnelly. He's been on Letterman. He's been a Just for Laughs new face. He's been on True TV's World Dumbest. He's been on Adam Devine's House Party on Comedy Central. Sean Donnelly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Good job, guys. 
Uh, next to Sean, we have Joe DeRosa, who just killed it last night, opening up for Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Joe DeRosa is uh, a very well-established comedian, one of my favorites of all time. He knows that. He's got a handful of great albums uh, out. He's got a new album coming out in September, I believe, correct? Mistakes were made. No, it came out last September. Oh, it came but, out last September. You got to update. But yeah, social media works. <laughs> you got to update your website, buddy. No, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, we'll get into all that. We'll, but we'll no, it in. already came out last September. We'll get into. Uh, I'm surprised neither you nor Julie wrote about it. Uh, <laughs> we can we can talk about uh, publicity too, and how, and how comedians yeah. really need to be bigger champions of themselves. I, I've known Joe for years. I've interviewed him many times. I've reviewed his albums. Did he send me a fucking email that said, hey, I have this album coming out? Uh, no. I, we, we, no, we did. <laughs> yeah, but you're not that guy. You did? No, we, we, we the doing? label, I think. <laughs> yeah, is this happening right now? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. I was just kidding. I was just making it funny. I know. It was funny. We're good. Oh, okay, good. We're good. good. I still love you, Joe. Oh, good, good, good. Do, <laughs> introduce Sarah, please. <laughs> Next to Joe DeRosa, we have Sarah Schaefer. Uh, Sarah also has, she has a new album coming out uh, this coming Tuesday, I believe, correct? Yes, yes. Her very first, so you can pre-order that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah was the co-host for two seasons of Nikki and Sarah Live on MTV. She has won two Emmys for her work with Jimmy Fallon, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Schaefer. Yeah. So, all right. So the first thing I want to I want to ask to sort of get the ball rolling here is to the comedians, what how would you describe your relationship with God. social media? With and and with God, <laughs> Sean. What is what is your relationship with like uh, with with social media like? I I'm very bare bones. Where I'm not bare bones. I have your run of the mill. Like I just when I find out what's 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 working, I get like I have a Twitter account, Facebook. I have a website. Uh, does website count on social media? Kind of. I th- I think so. Yeah, I think we but can I'm throw but I'm there. not like I'm not. The, you know, there's people I think that figure out the formula on how to make it work. I think I just. I have them and I use them when it makes sense for me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could be more diligent than I am on them. But I, have, I basically, like everybody else that does comedy, I just have the basic, whatever, there's four, five things, and then I'll update them as, as stuff, you know, as you think of stuff. Right. I'm not like, like, you know, there's some guys I know that, that, that figure out, like, they follow and unfollow people on Twitter and stuff. I don't know, you know, that whole phenomenon. That yeah, it's like, sure. And I, I don't do that. I just, I just, whatever happens, happens kind of thing, which is bad and good at the same time because I'm not being annoying, but I'm also not setting the world on fire. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So that's what it is. I'm like, I'm like, you're, I'm in the middle of the pack as far as social media goes, I would say. Got it. Yeah. Joe, would you describe uh, your relationship with social media in a similar fashion or... Uh, I mean, I, I hate it personally. Really? I, I mean, I do it out of necessity. Um, but I've gone through some really tough times on social media uh, with, you know, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't think people should be able to contact Bill Murray as easily as they're able to contact him. <laughs> um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I also think, I mean, I think it serves its purposes. I mean, I keep it around despite you know, messages every day from people telling me to kill myself and that I'm worthless and stuff like that. (laughs) Uh, People photoshopping pictures of my dad uh, and stuff like that. You know, um, aside from all those really great perks of social media, I I keep it because it is a means of self-promotion. It's a means to get the word out. 
But if uh, ultimately, I'm not a fan. I don't. I think it's turned the the audience into the performers, and I think it's given it's allowed everybody a backstage pass that they shouldn't be allowed to have. Uh, and I don't think that's because the performers are special. But I think, you know, if you're going to be part of the conversation, you at least have to earn your place at the table by bombing and open mics and. You know, tried you know going through the trenches. So but it's that's kind of how I feel about it. But it's also it's enabled things to get an audience that wouldn't have gotten an audience before. Mm-hmm. It's enabled people to find their own very their niche thing that they like more than anything because of social media. They wouldn't have seen before because of it wouldn't have been on TV like mainstream TV and stuff like that. So, but I think see I don't I'm not somebody. Am I monopolizing by the way? No, go ahead, go okay. ahead. I'm, We're gonna I'm get not, the sour next. I'm not uh, I'm not a fan of that. I'm a big believer in DIY. I'm a big believer in independent means. You know, I'm a big fan of Ian MacKay and Discord, Discord Records and Brett Gerwitz and Epitaph. Right. And people that started their own labels and did their own thing. I think that's amazing. But I'm also not a believer that the corporate model was entirely wrong for comedy and entertainment. I think it was a little bit better when there was some kind of filtration system saying any jackass can't go into a Tower Records and just put his album up. Like, somebody has to say, okay, we're going to get behind this. And, like, that doesn't really happen anymore. Now you're just kind of in this this stew with everybody. And I think a lot of great stuff doesn't get noticed because of that. You know? Yeah. Sarah, how, were, how would you describe your uh, relationship with social media? Um, psychologically damaging. I'm seriously like have major issues with social media. <laughs> um, I'm, I literally, uh, in the middle of the night last night, was like awake, drunk, thinking, I need to hire someone to do this for me because I'm too deep into it and it's fucking with my head and yeah. are you um, making that much money you're making staff money where you going to staff <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, they'll work in the uh, on the fifth floor <laughs> but um no uh no i i uh but i like joe like i need it like when i hear like celebrities like like jennifer lawrence said um like i don't oh i wouldn't i don't do social media like oh you know and i'm like you don't fucking need it dude right. like yeah. i you know like if you're you know obviously she's an actress but like um, so she's in a different situation where you don't have to like promote yourself all the time, but um, self promotion is like so important. Just when you're on the road, like getting people to come see you perform or buying your album or watching your video and all those things make a huge difference. And um, so I need it, but I can't. And I I don't have a lot of self control when it comes to it. And I've tried a lot of different things. I've had people do it. Like I hired someone years ago to do it for me. I needed a break. I I mean it's really um I agree that like everyone's part of a conversation. I actually if I could remove if if I could have it perfect, I actually really like Twitter in terms of like exploring new things and like reading art like clicking on an article that I never would have read before, right. a different point of view I never would have. It really has opened up my mind to things. I think I understand other people better because of it. But um but it it's it's all of the my my personal stuff with it and what you know because everyone's projecting a perfect version of themselves or a, a manicured version of themselves and and you're doing that too but um your brain forgets that everyone else is doing it and your brain thinks everyone else's life is so much better than mine 
right, then you right. have a it, this is like an actual I'm this is a scientific thing that they figured out but like it damages you and um, it's pretty new and we don't know what it's doing to our brains but yeah. um, I, I'm like I think having a mental breakdown right now <laughs> <laughs> I think I honestly th- and I've said this on podcasts many times I honest and I, I've said it uh, in being interviewed for your website okay you? Not for my album, but for a different thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> we uh, no, but uh, uh, I I I've said this many times. Like I think Twitter very likely will be like cigarettes in the sense that it's this mm-hmm. social uh, uh, pleasure that we're all indulging in, and nobody's really thinking about what it might do to us ultimately. And and I think there. I mean, look, there's it's it's damaging. It's also it's also blurred the lines between entertainment and real thought uh, uh, or real opinion you know people will tweet things now on social media like you know like uh, how come everybody in this club is a faggot that that's like a tweet somebody mm-hmm. will write and then you go like okay well like uh, that's offensive because you're that's hate speech and they'll be like dude can't you take a joke it's like that's not a joke that's just an opinion do you know yeah. what I mean right. like that's a thought that you had <laughs> right uh, there's no irony there there's no twist there's nothing so I think that's <laughs> no twist you know the, yeah there's no there's no Shyamalan you know uh, <laughs> but you know like you know I, I went through a thing recently on Twitter with somebody uh, and and because I, I called somebody a racist and, and they were like yo and his response to me was good. it was right when the Ray Rice thing happened and he was like good, good luck making jokes about Ray Rice I guess you'll be racist and I was like no because if I do they'll be jokes right. about Ray Rice and by the way jokes about a black guy don't mean that I have to talk about him being black you said racist things. You know what I mean? And like, I'm amazed at how much people don't understand the difference yeah. between that anymore. And I think it's because, hey, you have 180 characters. You know? It's 140, Joe. Or 40. I, I want... <laughs> that's why I won Emmys for this. <laughs> I agree. I think uh, people definitely like... Um, I get so I, I I deal with like a, another side of the whole like what are you allowed to because the outrage machine I get more annoyed with people who are outraged by the outrage like I'm just like God fuck you're just as bad as the people like the people just going on and on and on and on about how we can't say anything anymore PC police outrage 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 I hate it so much I'm like you're doing the same right. thing that uh, right. that you are criticizing where you're basically telling me to be quiet if I'm a f- you know it's like just everybody just shut up for a little while like I just want it to just disappear right. <laughs> I think you guys need a vacation I think that's what was yeah. happening <laughs> it's true I don't know why it has a handle on me the way it does well because they make you I'm, I know exactly what it is, you know, because they make you feel like you have to do it, and mm-hmm. it's it's the cl- we've look. Let's let's just face facts here. I, I don't know if we're going down a road this wasn't supposed to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan probably wanted to be like, "Here's it's, the best time to tweet during the day." <laughs> no, no. It's all right. Uh, I, let's let's be honest. We've we've handed we've handed a lot of our authority over to high school children. That's what's happened. It started with MySpace, or it started with Friendster, then it went on to MySpace, then it went on to Facebook, then it went on to Twitter. Twitter stuck the hardest, and nobody has a shorter attention span or is more fickle than a high school kid. And we've 
we and tw- Twitter is the most fickle of all. So- I mean, it's to the point now where there's Tinder and people literally expect to find their soulmate by swiping. Could you put less effort into your future? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's but you know, it's what kids want and like that thing of like, hey, if the kids are buying it, we'll like it. You know, what are the kids be bopping to? You know, all that shit they used to say. <laughs> you know, in the 50s and 60s, it's like that has gone to such an extreme now because I think because mm-hmm. of social media and I think it's uh, and it's a shame because we're, we're at the mercy of children at this point and that's why you feel so self-conscious that's why we all do because yeah. it's like that you somehow feel like you're being put out to pasture if you don't do it well and like, numbers are so important and like I mean I've heard many times of, of comedians being told um, and I've been told in so many words of if you won't get this thing you want unless you have this amount of Twitter followers right. Right. or yes. YouTube subscribers or whatever and it's just down and now it's being parsed out because of uh, in terms of how many numbers you have so then you become obsessed with numbers and I'll have like a tweet and just like gets so specific like I'll have a tweet and if it's like under 50 favorites I'm like I'm gonna delete that later like why that and why am I even doing it to begin with? Nobody cares about my yeah, thoughts. But there's got <laughs> you know? to be an opposite to what you're saying because you guys are still on Twitter. You're on all the stuff. So if you really yeah. felt as strongly as you do, you'd probably you'd dial it back or you take you take the things down. People but have but like what I just account. said, I I was told yeah. by my agent that I wouldn't be able to get a book deal unless I had a hundred thousand Twitter followers. So I'm like I and I know it from is. experience that if I tweet more I get more followers right. it's like a very simple formula that I have figured out over the years <laughs> Julie um, but it's so not, not simple as, Julie as, as, uh, as someone who uh, like myself sort of uh, somebody who covers comedy but is not a comedian to you what are the most effective type of comedy Twitter accounts what, like to you how, how can a comedian best use Twitter I'm the worst person to ask this because I follow people on Twitter and don't actually read my feed uh, very much at all. <laughs> I have like three lists and they're all for maybe one's fellow comedy journalists, one's like sources for stories I'm working on. So you don't, file, you don't follow comedians on Twitter? I follow them. I just don't read my feed all that much. Uh, I like that though. You're like because that's not where see. I'm. That's yeah. not where I'm getting my ideas from. That's not where I'm. Uh, so you're better than us, as we learning saying. about new comedians. <laughs> I'm trying to do my own do you, stuff you also too. Not watch television. <laughs> I, I I have a long list of stuff I have to catch up on. Uh, some recommendations of which I get from social media. Um, but no, I definitely agree with. Uh, you know Sarah and Joe's perspective of it. it is about the numbers and it is about uh, kind of having an alternative to traditional industry models uh, because at this point you really um, have to prove that you have the fan base to do anything uh, a lot of industry outlets are not putting the time to look at talent and develop talent and kind of work with them on projects. It's just about uh, looking at the numbers and saying, okay, this is a person who has a large following. Let's try and do something with them because they have an audience and their audience will watch whatever we're doing or listen to whatever we're doing. And if it works, great. And if not, you know, it's on to the next uh, Rob Delaney or uh, 
another uh, not that i'm um rob delaney is a fantastic twitterer uh but you know when you try and take that into a live setting uh you know he did a big tour and had a big album and uh i haven't seen him around live lately because it doesn't quite carry through right you know or because he's shooting a tv show in britain well it's because just uh, yeah but he's not like a live comedian i'm not defending i'm like i'm just saying you may not have seen him on tour because he's shooting a television show i'm yeah just from my perspective as someone who's a live (laughs) stand-up kind of purist um you know writes very specifically about live stand-up um you know it's just not something that's necessarily in my purview at that point when you get a television show then it's kind of in the mainstream right in my opinion and outside of the stand-up realm well i think it's interesting with julie what you're saying because too i think a lot of the other speaking to laziness again yeah i get really angry when i hear like somebody go like oh they you know they hired for this tv show based on twitter feeds Mm -hmm. it's like do your fucking job right fucking job (laughs) take packets you know that people worked on and read the fucking packets man and the sad reality is is it's not you know people will talk about tv shows that come out or or whatever and they'll go can you believe this show it's so bad and this and that and it's like man the people that have the money for them to drop however many millions on whatever they don't give a shit that's nothing to them so it's like julie's saying it's like they go okay well People are following this person, so uh, let's just see if it works. And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, who who cares? We'll yep. just move on to the next thing. The industry has been hemorrhaging millions of dollars since it began. You know, that, that, that's never not been the case. You know, so, I, you know, I just think it does feed this whole laziness thing. And then uh, there's this other weird thing that's happening now, too, where podcasts get really popular. And podcasts are great. But podcasts will get really popular. And then... You, they'll go, hey, come to our live whatever. Well, we're doing a stand-up show for the podcast. And then you go do the stand-up show and their whole audience shows up and it's like performing for a room full of corpses because they only know listening to the podcast at their desk at work. Mm-hmm. They have no idea how to interact in a live setting with other people. And then you're sitting there and you're going, these are your diehard fans and we're all bombing right now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, So it, it's very odd. I think it's interesting to the, uh, the web series model of, of doing stuff like that. You know, you put together your own DIY production and put it up on YouTube and promote that and then the uh, you know the industry will say hey we'll throw you a couple bucks to uh, put your web series under our banner and then like with Comedy Central like Ari's uh, this is not happening show uh, you know take that from a web property and now it's on TV same with that Idiot Sitter show that's going to be a show I think Mm. what show? the Idiot Idiot Sitter Sitter. the girl from Workaholics oh 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 Idiot Sitter yeah all right. So but I, I, but let me just say, but, but you're saying that's a negative or that's a positive? See, I see that as a positive. I see that. No, as a I, positive. I do see it as a positive. I'm yeah. just saying that's how the model is. Like, there's right. no getting yeah. around it at this point. No, it's it, the old traditional. I'm just going to go out to all the clubs and right. earn fans and you right. know mail them postcards. You know when I'm going to be in their city. Like that's done. Right. It is yeah. legitimately about like the self promotion and doing your own projects and just making sure they're seen by enough people so then it attracts the attention of the industry. That's yeah, that's the bottom a good line. That's a good point. Yeah, because I, I was going to say too. Like I don't, you know, you can't. Compl- you have to. Ex- I do accept it 
If you don't, you're like the guy that lives in El Paso that's like, why do I got to learn Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. just the way it is, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm still struggling with that myself. I only got on Instagram like two months ago. Oh, girl. I know. Damn. I know. <laughs> Damn, girl. I write words. What do I need to see things so, for? Oh, I love see, it. that's yeah, so funny wrong. because you were shitting all over it and then now you're like, oh, oh no, Instagram, Instagram I really like, actually. Instagram you like. <laughs> because I'm not, it, it's, it, I, I, I guess it's because I just follow I'm more selective on who I follow and I follow people oh, okay. who their li- their happy life makes me happy. Um, <laughs> there's other people their happy life makes me want to kill them. <laughs> so in addition in addition uh, to social media uh, I also wanted to talk about technology as a whole and uh, something that sort of always crops up every few months in the comedy world is uh, taking photos and taking videos at uh, live shows. And it's, oh. it's, it's always been, uh, it, it's always a controversial thing. And I think, you know, and it just happened, I saw Jim Jeffries a few days ago uh, here at the Fountain Street Church, and he, had, he stopped the show twice to yell at people who were allegedly filming. Yeah. Uh, Patton Oswalt wrote something a few years ago that got uh, a, lot of, a lot of attention. And I think the problem is there's a disconnect between what I, I think people that are filming the, the people that are filming stand up I, I would like to think don't realize why it's such a reprehensible act um, right so I would love I mean I think how many of you guys are comedians in, in the audience here right. <laughs> every single so basically everybody All right. that guy's filming fuck no <laughs> so but explain but a lot of you guys are, are, are new I mean you guys all look like you're young ish uh, why, why, why is it? I mean, I know the answer to this, but I, I, I I'd like to hear it from a, a comedian. Why is it such? Why is it different than music? Why, why is it such a reprehensible act to to film a stand up comedy show? Well, it's because it, because stand up works in reverse. You know, musicians go into a hole for a year and write an album. And then come out of the hole and, and then, tour, and then the album gets big, and then everybody wants to hear the album live. Stand-ups, the second the album comes out, you know, and then you do it on stage, unless you're dice, you know, with the, with the poems or right. whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> poems. Yeah, it's like, it's, that's what he called them. He called yes. them poems. Uh, uh, but he called them poems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's what he said. I wrote some new poems. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, uh, but it's the reverse. So like, if you go up and do your thing again, then then it's like you know that nobody. It's it's the reverse of music. So that's why you know you have people taping you, well, and you're like, well, don't leak this out, man. I'm trying to. This is supposed to be like my big new hour. It's unfinished. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like taping somebody while they're like half writ- written a song, I guess. But even that's not as bad as what it is because sometimes it's so it's so not ready that yeah. it, it makes you look. It makes you look bad. It'll make you look bad if you're just well, trying something out. Yeah, and audience members don't know. They yeah, they have no idea, um, unless you've seen the person a lot uh, or you're a friend of them, you don't know where they're at with that material. Like, you know, good, real, my favorite comedians, I when I see them perform, I can't tell what is improvised, what is written. It's just all so fluid and they're that masterful that it all just seems like it's just thoughts coming outside of their head. And as it... As an audience member, you don't know what are those things that like because there's some stuff. If somebody filmed it and put it online, I'd be like, whatever. But if it was something I literally had just thought and said and 
wasn't sure or if it didn't go well or you right. know and like and as an audience member you don't know what's going on inside the comedian's head of like they might think they're bombing even right. if you think they're not you know it's like so they wouldn't want evidence of that anywhere you know there's just so many reasons why there's never a good there's no reason to do it, it and it's it, also uh, sorry it's also the reason that how about it's just plain rude how about that it's, how about it's just, <laughs> just how about not it's being a good audience camera and shoving it not shoving it in somebody's face but pretty much shoving it in somebody's face and just taping it and you couldn't just do that on the street to somebody they punch you in the face right so it's like it, and also it's taking the person out of the show so they're literally mm-hmm. they're now focused on taping it and getting a good tape more than they are watching the show just for that, that, that just that reason alone right it's worth not doing you're, 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 and people are watching the guy film it and they're thinking about that so it takes away from the yeah you're losing the energy from even, the audience even yeah. besides all the artistic license stuff and stuff like that it literally is just disruptive it's disruptive to start filming something anywhere you are there's also the spontaneity of stand up and every show is different and every show is and I'm not saying that doesn't exist with music but you know there's, there's a, there are a lot more wild cards with stand up you know it's like if, if, even if you go out with a brand new song on stage and play it for the first time you play the song from start to finish nobody's ever been like you know did you ever see that sublime clip where uh, <laughs> you know in the so middle fun. of his new song he calls the lady a dumb cunt because she's <laughs> drunk heckling the whole time you know what I mean like and it's like you don't want that like you know it's just like to just wait till the special tapes you know right. what I mean like where everything is good and but I also I, I also embrace Here's the thing, though, too. Let us... I agree with Sean. I agree with everybody. But I, what Sean's saying about it's rude, it's like we, I embrace the underbelly of it all. Like, I, every one of my albums, I put out a, a bonus track or a second disc or something where I'm bombing and I'm right. fighting with hecklers yep. or something. Because I like people to see, like, look, it's not perfect. It's not always the theater with the blue curtain and yeah. you know and you bring yeah. your dog out on stage at the end of the show or whatever you know what I mean like right. it's not always this love fest it's like yeah. we're, you're in the trenches and it sucks so like I don't have a problem with people seeing that but let me show it to you don't you know like you again like you're in the audience be in the fucking audience be like, in the audience right. you're not the director you're not right. the writer you're not the performer like stop and it's also I'm sorry but it's also that it's also that you're not the, the motive of them taping it isn't them taping it because they're like oh wow this is gonna be a they're not like oh I wanna do it for the joke they're doing it because it's usually a pretty well known person they're not taping just random people that are unknowns they're taping famous people so they can post it online and they can go look what I found look where I was blah, 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 and they can get a bunch of likes right. and it comes back to them to the whole shitting on social media thing because yep. the motive of it isn't like oh my god I love this guy and I love this joke right. it, the motive is oh my god it's, it makes it about them more than anything it right. makes it makes oh my god I'm gonna tape this and my friends are gonna freak out right. when they see I like all of a sudden they're a filmmaker now. All of a sudden, they're it's a not filmmaker. that they're at home watching it. Like, oh, that was so great. No, oh, like no, they're no, not. they're not replaying it to them. Yeah, right. exactly. It's just, it's just, a, it's a poor motive. It's, a, it's not, you know, it's just uh, not good. I will say that uh, while I completely, one hundred percent agree with all that, I also understand the demand. Uh, because as someone who uh, grew up on a farm in the Midwest, uh, who doesn't get a lot of entertainment options coming through town, You're just uh, cows all day. Exactly, you know they're they're funny funny cows. Um, you know I didn't even really understand what stand up comedy was until David Till came to college and did a show. 
Um, so if you're in a situation like that, which I think applies to a lot of podcasting audiences too, um, if you find something, you know, you discover an artist you really like and they have maybe one album, maybe a special, and you still want to kind of, uh, you know, fill the void until the next one. So you'll be searching on YouTube for clips just to kind of tie you over. Uh, from that perspective, for somebody who can't always see live comedy, I understand where it comes from. I'm not saying it's right, but you know it's still fans who want to see you, which isn't necessarily always a bad thing. No, I, 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 but they are seeing you. They're seeing you. They're, they're watching the show as they're going. So if it's that guy that's from from that small town like you, they're they're seeing the show, but they're not. You know, but if you're taping, you're not watching. You're, you're just taping. I think it's not. I, don't, I think we're like. But if no one was, it, was watching it, it would be taped. I, but I think yeah. we're analyzing something that isn't. Um, like it's just it's not even about the specific performer or specific comedy performance it's about the fact that we record and we record and videotape everything now and it's just it's compulsive you want to have a record of everything you do and it's just naturally now part of our society and some people do it more than others some people have just let the floodgates open and they're like I am going to be videotaping and taking pictures of every single activity I do all day long um, I think that is why we're seeing that a lot because you know people can can because they can because they have it in a tiny rectangle that they hold all the time that's like their best friend and their mother <laughs> like it's you know like they right. want their phone to have you in it, they want you in their phone because right. their phone is like them I, I just I think it's bigger than just like you know my a, a person's relationship with a comedian or the audience I think it's just overall and in in a comedic performance it's very jarring and not okay. Whereas like at a music show, it's, it's annoying when everyone's videotaping it, but it's not necessarily, um, I can still hear the music. I can still, the perform, the musicians generally aren't going to be stop the show, right. you know, like, <laughs> sure. you know, so I think, um, it's happening everywhere. It's just com- at, at comedy shows. It's like really not working in that environment. Yeah. I like uh, Julie, I like what you said. The the only thing I would say is that I think the only thing that bothers me about it is we've lost the performer, the individual has lost their right to say no. That's that's what bothers me. There's this attitude like when that whole thing happened with Patton, there was this attitude from the person that recorded. Now regardless of whether or not you thought his or anybody thought his response was too harsh or whatever. Like, the, there was this attitude towards him from the performer, like, hey, b- deal with it. Like, I taped your show, deal. And it's like, fuck you, man. Like, like no. Like, w- like, why can't I say no to you? Right. Why does everything... Ha- we've just kind of lost our saying it. And it's like, you know, I loved Tom Waits growing up. Tom Waits never toured. Uh, if and Tom Waits and there weren't websites when I was a kid so you know it was like I had to wait for the next Tom Waits album you know I wasn't allowed to just somehow <laughs> intrude on Tom Waits in some way demand music like, well, from sorry I'm not waiting until you put a new thing out you know what I mean like so I mean you know so I was a fan and I would stay up late to watch NWA on Arsenio Hall because that was the only way I could see NWA or whatever. Right. And I'm not saying, so I'm not saying, and I know times have changed. So I'm not saying, so do, so that's how it's got to be, kids. I'm just saying, like, we should still at least, though, have the right to say stop. And we do have the right to say that. 
unfortunately, the person in the audience a lot of the time has the right to go no, and then they just keep doing it, and then all of a sudden now, what's supposed to be this fun comedy show is turning into this weird confrontation, mm-hmm. yeah. and nobody in the audience understands why you're so aggravated about it, and you're trying to be cool, and then you, you got to do that whole balancing act of like, well, I don't want to ruin the show and be mean, but but this person's being rude, and... And blah, blah, blah. They're ruining the show. It should should be considered the same as heckling. It should be heckling by phone. It should be fucking... That's why it's up to the venue to turn around and say no filming or no. There's a a bunch of clubs that do that. And Mm -hmm. the Comedy Cell in the city, in New York City, does that. And they're really strict about it. And the minute they see the phone pop up for a picture or video, they kick you out. You're done. I mean, you could always also have the, you know, announcement at the beginning. We'll have a portion of pictures at the end. And he'll pose and point at you and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. But at least that's controlled and that's bad. It's like, you know. I agree, Julie. That'd be great if 80% of these clubs gave a flying fuck about the comedians. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, they don't give a shit. They're like, they're like, we're dropping checks 25 minutes into your hour set. Uh, Enjoy that. Just as you start to build your momentum. And uh, get these people, I've been in clubs where fans have been coming up to me saying like, dude, and I'm talking to fans and people from the clubs come over and go, um, we, these guys have to leave. We have have to see the next show. And it's like, Guys, I'm trying to like talk to people that right. came out because they wanted to be here tonight. Like, yeah. like they just don't. It's it's. Cr- How many of you guys tour like frequently? <laughs> Couple. Well, just get ready because <laughs> you're gonna get out there, and it's you just you. It's 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 uh, it, these these places are run like strip clubs. Like it's like it's like sweetie, shake your ass on the stage, and I don't give a shit that the guy in the in the lap dance room grabbed your tit. That's the line of work you're in, and shut up, and if you don't want to work here, go dance somewhere else. I mean, that really is the fucking attitude. It's gross. Isn't that something that you can uh, put into your contract, possibly, having a, a no-filming... <laughs> I mean, there are no Is contracts. there paperwork for, fil- for performing at clubs? You know, just, you know, no great yeah, M&Ms the contracts and, and are no filming. Out. The con- until, you're a gym, until you're at that Jim Jeffries sort of level where you're really yeah. selling some tickets, the contracts are laid out by the venue. So the contracts will say things like, the performer will do everything they are able to do to promote shows. The performer will tweet. You can't say, there's no like, hey, I don't want this, or can I have this in my green room, or anything, you know what I mean? Like, so, and I'm not even saying there should be, well, I'm just saying a, it just doesn't exist. There's an overall attitude of, you're lucky we're letting you perform here. You know, yeah. for the, and yeah. you're lucky that we're paying you. And it's, it's really, like right now, I've just started headlining clubs in the past year and I, I don't get booked at many um, and when I do it's not a good deal and I don't I don't sell a lot of tickets yet I'm just not I'm just at the bottom of that rung you know and so it's really hard for me but and I feel awful when I'm like there and it's like because it, the model doesn't work for someone like me I need to be performing in like you know one I mean I think everyone wants to be like performing I just did one night in a theater in one in a city and but club the club model is six shows um a huge room sometimes it's like 400 500 seats you know it's like who can sell that all those tickets like I don't even know you know and I'm not even coming close and so I'm getting shitty weekends at you know like Halloween and Mall of America like you know it's it's really depressing and the way that I'm you know I, my my mo is to just be grateful and to act grateful towards the club people, but um, right. sometimes I'm just like God. You know, I know 
that even though I didn't sell that many tickets, you're still making more money off of this than you know I am, right. and because I know how much some people make, and I'm like the amount I'm making compared to that, you know, it's like. But I don't know if the the anyway that's off topic. With, but with well, no, no, that that's that's good. I actually we have a few minutes left. I wanted to open it up to uh, the audience. If you guys had any questions uh, for the comedians or wanted to say anything or contribute, you can you can do that. Right. I know you're not happy with the portion of it, so but then it's like at, at, this, at the level that you're at, uh-huh. you don't want to tell people to fuck themselves, but then you don't want to fuck yourself. No, I mean, you know, I don't know. I you think just put up with it, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's like any other business. We're not special. Like any business or any industry you get into, you're going to have to pick. It's always this balance between eating shit and and having some kind of self pride or whatever, you know. So like you have to figure out what your balance is. Uh, and it's like anything else, whatever you're willing to bleed, sweat, and cry to do. Um, you know, I've been fortunate in recent years to be drifting a little more into TV writing and, and acting and things like that. So, I mean, I've said frequently, like, if that stuff continues on, I don't know if I would continue to tour uh, or not. I don't know because really? it's t- it's tough. It's like I mean I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I'm just saying I don't know. It's tough. You, you kind of get tired of to tie Sarah's point into the whole thing. It's like why am I competing with the 17th member of a sketch group from 1993 because they'll sell tickets and it's it turns into Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. They don't want to sell five cars over 15 years. They want to take the money and run because nobody ever thought of it before. You know, so we'll sell out this club with this guy and, and fuck you and we'll pay, we'll pay Sarah or Joe or Sean or whoever uh, less money than we would have paid headliners in the 90s. And this is true. This isn't woe mm. is me. It's very true. So you just kind of have to say either you're going to put up with it and go through the shit or you're not. But this model is changing too, which is it's also an exciting time because now you can actually go play a dingy, smoky punk rock room that sits 50 people and maybe only make 300 bucks for the night, uh, which is not a lot of money to be on the road for, but if you can stack six of those in a row in a week uh, and, and get a car and drive around, you had a great week. And I'd rather do that any day of the fucking week than play like some resort comedy club for a bunch of bachelorette parties for $2,000 for four nights or whatever. So you just kind of have to figure out what your route is. You have to figure out if you want to you know, the banks are, it's like the banks, they're corrupt. There's nothing you're going to do that's going to change that. So you have to figure out how you want to play with your money in that market and whatever makes you feel safe and calm and, or, and helps you sleep. You know? Or what will happen is you'll get to a point where you can do the fuck you contract and you can do the, right. like, like you said, you do a bunch of TV acting now. You don't know what's going to happen with that. The no. minute that happens and you become a household name is the minute you turn around and you go, now you're fucked. Now, you, now I can do whatever well, I want the, in your right. club. Right, that's yeah. what I always try to remember Like when I'm, um, the stage I'm at now, certain clubs I can tell they get it that they see we're both testing each other out and they're giving me a chance. I'm giving right. them a chance because later on we don't know. I might become 
super famous and maybe if you treat me like ass I'm not coming back there like and you can tell the other clubs that are just so short-sighted and they 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 think you're that you're worthless because you didn't sell a ton of tickets on a holiday weekend or something and it's like well what did you didn't promote it you know or whatever there's so much that goes into selling tickets but if you're not a guarantee draw then you know you have to remember like it's both of us that are like taking a chance here that, that you should want to work with me long term. This is a bigger picture. Which is a whole other hustle, by the mm-hmm. way. The whole ticket thing, like, the, like you're talking about, like the 500-seat rooms, they know you don't have a shot in hell of selling it out. Yeah. And then they bring you in from Tuesday to Saturday yeah. and go, well, they only sold this many tickets. So then they can use that as a bargaining tool for the next time they bring you back and keep you at this fucking right. $1,500 mark or whatever it is. <laughs> it's, cr- it's insane. It's insane. So... You exist in it or you don't, and you deal with it or you don't, and, and you know, it, it's all about the, the laughs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what warms your heart on those. Yes, sir, <laughs> front row. Um, well, a really quick statement, and then, um, so I came into you know, for a panel of discussion of experts, It's depressing. Yeah, that actually takes away off my back in a way. You know, it's like I'm really, it's, I can't get followers, and I don't have anything, and I cannot get my ten-year-old niece to show me how to tweet that she's chopping on her gum and stuff. And, um, <laughs> and, on a, and on another note, um, I drive a taxi for a living, and a couple months back, being very frustrated, I ended up having a passenger who works for Google, mm-hmm. and she works for Google Media. And it was a cool little trip, got some questions out of her. And at the end of it, she knew my frustration. She's getting out of the cab, and she says, I, I really see, you know, your questions you had, you're trying to build up, and I was, she goes, but I have something to tell you. She goes, and just the way she said it and what she said, she goes, social media is not real. And she walks away. Whoa, that's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> was she a genie? Yeah. Did you guys just get... <laughs> Did you guys just get chills? Yeah. Like, yeah. That was like God talking like, to you. I have like, a, social media is not real. Like, like, no, oh, wow. No, no, that's, she, she, it was the look she had. She, said, <laughs> she knew I was frustrated by it. And she says, you know, and she was meaning the getting upset at social media. Why am I, you know, why is this person on Facebook with their selfie? I mean, that, that goes back to what Sarah was saying, and she's right. There has been studies. Like, it's, it's so toxic. It's, it's toxic, but at the same time, it's, it's necessary for a lot of artists and entertainers. I would love if you went back to Google and looked her up, and they're like, she hasn't worked in Google in 40 years. <laughs> it is, Large Marge is the one who you picked up. Yeah. It is, but, but I mean, there is an interesting, like, entropy aspect to all of it where it is sort of breaking down it gets so big it gets so popular and it gets so run of the mill that eventually it starts to break down you know like I had a very very I keep vaguely referencing it because I don't want to get into it but I had a very vicious <laughs> I know feud <laughs> on Twitter over the last six months and uh, I was talking to a lawyer about it like well you know um uh, look this is kind of this just what we're dealing with now and there's nothing we can do but what do you think should i just i just needed some guidance like as far as like do i need to keep tweeting because i don't feel like dealing with this anymore and she was like no go dark and she told me about another client she had that's much more 
that's not much more notable than I am because he's been famous for a long time, but just now is becoming, you know, in center stage of the spotlight. And she was like, he had trouble on Twitter. He went dark. And that was it. And she was like, this is all kind of bullshit. Like, so, you know, and then comedians kind of pressured me to come back on so I could have a promotional tool. Yeah. So it's like, I think that lady is right. I don't think it is real. I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a necessary evil, sort of, and I think even that's going to go away. It's going to break down. I think it'll go away. I think it'll, it'll change at least. It'll definitely change yeah. into something else. And then something else just as toxic will replace it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you I mean, still have to have, you know, something backing it all up. Why are you using this as a promotional tool? If you don't have, you know, a talent and, and your, your personality and, and, I envy material behind people. it yeah it's all smoke and mirrors I just envy people being able to just be the be whoever like that it, that their social media isn't br- a brand um, and like they can just be like I'm hungry and like that's a tweet <laughs> and like and then they can be like I'm sad you know and like like I've I sometimes I'm just like any other person social media is like an outlet to scream into the void and sometimes I just want to be really serious and just be like you know, I'm really sad right now, but because I'm a comedian, I get shit back that just makes it worse. Yeah. Like, or people are like, for someone that's supposed to be so funny, you're pretty serious. And it's just like, <laughs> God fucking damn it. Like, you we know, were on though without, I'm amazed when people are like, are on Facebook and it's like this person's profile is private, whatever that thing is, we're only your yeah. friend. I'm like, why are you on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're just not, talk yeah. to your friends on here, yeah. If you're well, not on here to promote yourself or to try to have sex with people, what is the fucking point of this? Like, I would never do any of it. Well, I quit Facebook because I it, there was some debate going on. Like, I think it was the the should UCB pay stand ups? Oh yeah, debate. Oh, sure. um, and I wrote a long, thoughtful thing because I was like, I understand both sides of it, and I'm trying to be like, and I wrote this long thing, and um, somebody just wrote. Uh, too long as a comment on what I wrote and five minutes later I deleted my Facebook because I had it I had it but I started a new (laughs) private one to have because to have a fan page you have to have a I mean it's just fucking too much but anyway I started a small one to answer your question Joe that's like sort of it's not my real name and it's I just but I I like it because I get to see my sister's kids pictures of the kids you know it's like and we don't live in the same city and i can kind of keep up with their life but like that's to, that's not to be a shit but couldn't your your sister could they also do. email you i want both kids. i love those kids so much like i want more you know but i'm saying she could send you the same pictures text message wise right yeah and they do but it's sometimes there's different ones <laughs> you want the whole collection Couldn't they send the different ones i know but i don't want them to have to do that pictures via text I know, but they. But then it's the, right on your yeah, phone. Yeah, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, but it's, it's right like, there when it's you right pop there, in. They, you know, they you put it out. And then you know. she, everybody gets busy, dude. All right, anybody? One more. We have one more. Well, the one for one more. If anybody has any more comments, questions. If not, we're gonna wrap it up. Three, two, yes, sir. Oh, on the buzzer. I was going to say something about that earlier, but we got off track. Um, 
I did a web series this kind of speaking back to what Julie said about like you the whole web series model is like I did a web series it didn't get a ton of views like you know one of the episodes got maybe 20,000 30 I don't even know but it wasn't like a viral hit um but I put a lot of money into it and I not for me it was a lot um and I I made sure that it looked really good and like that it was as high quality as I could make it just because I know now like the quality like there's that whole idea of like oh anybody can pick up a camera and make a website no actually if it doesn't look broadcast quality people don't even take yeah, it seriously now yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so I did all that and um, I focused on the quality I didn't get a ton of hits but I randomly got like one really good review in the LA Times I don't even know how they saw it and I was like shocked and it was so amazing that that happened and now it's been optioned and it's we're developing it into a TV show so I never thought that I really didn't I did it as an example I was like I just want to make something that will show people in the scripted world that maybe I could do that like as a calling card I did it for myself and the idea and and I think because I I may I'm focused on the quality more than worrying about making some viral hit um that it ended up paying off and people saw it and like really liked it and so I think it as much as we talk about, oh, you got to have this many followers, you know, as much as you can ignore that and just focus on doing good work, that does get noticed, and it's probably by people you wouldn't even imagine are watching it. You know, I think it's I think it's on every platform too, because I think there's like you did it with a web series, but even with you're talking about Twitter, pretty much. Like as far as Twitter, if you see somebody like I've followed people based off something a, a funny joke they've written on Twitter, so I think. I think it happens across the board. Like if, it's something, if it's quality, eventually get noticed. Sometimes things fall through the cracks from what you've seen, but but I think if it's quality, it'll get it'll pick up at some point, and hopefully. All this is a tr- all of, all, anything entertainment related, like all this is a truth to you, all of it. You're gonna find out who you really are as you go through this. If you're an asshole, you're gonna become more of an asshole. <laughs> it's gonna come out. If you're a good person, you're you're gonna you're gonna remain that person. If you're if you have shitty taste, it will come out. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just true. Like I'm not, and I don't say this to in any way to. I'm not complimenting myself when I say this, but like I got so desperate at one point when I was starting my podcast, I said to somebody, I go, I swear to God, I think I'm gonna have just a girl in a bikini sitting next to me so people click on the fucking video link. And, peop- and the people I told you were like, you should do that. That's how it works. And then I... But when push came to shove, I was like, I can't fucking do that. That's ridiculous. I'm not doing that. So my point is, is like, you'll... Whatever you want to do, whoever you really are, it's going to come out and it'll move as it moves. You know, Doug Stanhope was never not Doug Stanhope and he has a gazillion Twitter followers. You know, and then there are guys that are that are very similar to him that have five thousand Twitter followers. You know, and and it, it doesn't matter. It's like you know, they're, you know, Jim Gaffigan is couldn't be more different than Doug Stanhope, and they're true to themselves, and they have tons of followers, and they have tons of success, and it'll just it'll just balance itself out. You are you, so. You'll, you'll figure it out. Every person I know in this business that's a piece of shit was a piece of shit when they were doing open mics, too. They just couldn't, like, let it out as much. <laughs> and I think that's a great place to stop. Thank you, guys. Sarah Schaefer, Joe DeRosa, Sean Donnelly, Julie Seabald. Thank you guys for coming out. 
Uh, stick around for the next panel if you uh, choose to do so. Thanks a lot, guys. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Laugh Spin podcast. Thank you to Gilda's Club of Grand Rapids for having me host these panels once again. Thank you to my guests, Julie Seabaugh, Joe DeRosa, Sean Donnelly, and Sarah Schaefer. And uh, like I said at the top of the show, leave a review. Go. Go to iTunes. Leave a review. If you want to email me, you can do so at Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N, at LaughSpin.com. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.